Hi, Nick. How are you doing today? Hi, Jesse. I'm good. Thank you. So um, I have a one-day spring break uh, because, like, that other week I added to my winter break. I guess, like, my school was like, oh, well, all these people are traveling. They didn't want people to come back with a lot of COVID cases and stuff like that. So they wanted people to stay one more week with winter break. And then that's why they cut our spring break, spring break so short. So how about you? Yes, um, we actually had something, I believe, similar to what you're describing. So I go to Penn State Harrisburg, uh, which is in Pennsylvania. And um, we actually delayed the start of our spring semester by a week. So instead of having spring break, they just gave us an extra week of winter break. And so we started uh, the day after Martin Luther King. And then throughout the semester, they've given us, I think it's a total of three wellness days spread out throughout the semester where it's um, a day where there's no classes. Personally, I don't like that because I feel like it's more stressful because then professors have to either omit things or they have to like cram things in. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I had a friend where, uh, I mean, some other schools are actually doing spring breaks. But I have a friend here. He said that he had three different midterm exams just crammed into this week alone, which is really stressful. And I, I don't know, maybe professors are trying to be really frenzied with exams around this time. I mean, it is towards the middle of the semester. So um, you mentioned you, you go to uh, Penn State, right? Yes. So uh, how's that like? Uh, yeah, so I, well, right now I'm home for the weekend. Um, sometimes I'll go home for the weekend just because there's literally nobody on campus and nothing to do because of all the restrictions and things like that. So, but yeah, during the week I live on campus. I have a roommate. Um, and, and yeah, it's, I mean, I'd rather be on campus during the week than be at home all, you know, 15, 16 weeks of the semester. Yeah, definitely doing school online is a very challenging thing for people in general. Like everybody says that there's a lack of motivation whenever you're sitting in front of a computer screen and definitely being on campus is a plus in that manner. Um, so how, how are the dorms like at Penn State? Is it accessible for you? Is it is it dirty or is it new? <laughs> Those are great questions. So, um, my since I'm at Penn State Harrisburg, it's one of the you know Commonwealth campuses they call it. It's like one of the smaller campuses. So, my campus when there's no COVID, um, there's roughly five thousand students, but um, now there's a lot less than that. <laughs> and uh, with housing, not everyone lives on campus. Um, so, yeah, like usually, I don't know, it's a few hundred people maybe that live on campus, maybe more than that. Um, but now it's, like I said, way less people are on campus. So I live in uh, on-campus housing, and my housing option that I'm at it is apartment style. So, like, um, me and my roommate, we each have our own room, um, and in an ideal world we would have four people total including me but um, that's not the case because there's just not that many people that are going to college right now on campus 
And so, uh, yeah, we each have our own room. We have like a little like kitchenette thing, but they do not give freshmen, you know, a stove or a, fr- or a fridge in the kitchen because they don't trust freshmen with flames. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we have a little living area and, uh, you know, we have our own washer and dryer. So it's, it's pretty nice. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, I live uh, in a dorm, but like it's more, I would say we use community bathrooms here. And, but since it's one of the newer dorms here, it's pretty nice. Um, I, I don't have a roommate, so I actually have a lot of space. And considering this is a disability room, it's actually a little bit larger, um, which is really nice. So what is your major, Nick? So my major, um, I started off with majoring in mechanical engineering. I've been, you know, taking those higher level science and math classes um, last semester and this semester. But um, partway into this semester, I decided that maybe I should, you know, change my direction and go go in a different way. I just uh, have not been enjoying engineering like I thought I would. So. I'm thinking of going into uh, business, possibly uh, supply chain management or um, something related to that. And um, yeah, I've, I'm excited to see where I end up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really exciting. Uh, like definitely there is, a, I think there is, there is definitely demand out there for those type of people to work at a supply chain uh, area. And um, so how would you say that, uh, well, a better way to preface all this first before I ask this question is, uh, what is your eye condition? Yeah, so um, I believe it's the same one as you. (laughs) It's uh, labor's hereditary optic neuropathy, or however you want to pronounce it. It's a bunch of words strung together, obviously. but makes it sound. LHMN for short. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, that's, it's... um, you know, it's when your central vision's blurry and like you might have, like I might, I have some like color problems, but you know, for the most part, I can like see things generally, but like details are tough. Like I can't drive, you know, I can't like see facial expressions when people are not oh, wearing yeah. a mask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get that problem too. Like I will be walking in the hallway on my dorm and well, dorms don't have always oh my god <laughs> anyways uh i would see these people like obviously let's say i'm trying to let my friends in and i would think that my friend is a certain person but then after like walking by that person for like three seconds later i would be like oh never mind that's a girl <laughs> and my, my friends are dude <laughs> i'm like oh <laughs> well there's that um but my last podcast guest did mention to me how if you have uh problems in your central vision your central vision is really responsible for your, uh, I guess, understanding of pigmentation, meaning like uh, color, t- like telling colors, focusing on stuff. This is generally all of that. So I guess we, we both. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the central vision. I would say there's like parts of the eye that are in charge of different things. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, your central vision picks up most everything. But I would not say that, like, your central vision is responsible for, like, you know, color or things. Because it's more of, like, the functions of the eye and the different parts that kind of 
play those roles. Yeah, gotcha. And um, I guess we do both share uh, the commonality of not driving. Or there's that. I mean, I did drive for a bit, but then since my I went bad around eleventh grade, so I think that's the difference between us. I think you went blind a little bit earlier, right? Yeah, uh, right. It started right before ninth grade, and kind of progressed throughout ninth grade. So I was I was good for like the first fourteen years of my life. So I've seen a lot. Hmm. So would you say that you rather have sight or you rather not have sight after experiencing both? That is an excellent question because I feel like I've learned more about myself, you know, going through all this. But obviously, it'd be great to just like you know, drive around, do yeah. stupid stuff. Not do stupid stuff. That's stupid. But you know what I mean. I know. But I know. Yeah, I mean, hey, who cares? have a little bit of fun, a little bit more freedom in that sense. But don't you think that like after you become blind, like how I have noticed and, you know, I just look at my, looking at myself after being blind, I've noticed that I've become a better listener. I've, uh, I, I've, I have a better understanding of people in a way. Those are like pretty important qualities. Yeah. So I think what you're getting at is that like, maybe you're more understanding of a broader range of people. Um, I think I've also seen that change. Not that I was ever, you know, you know, bad towards certain groups of people because my mom's had um, her vision loss uh, since way before I was born. So, you know, I've been, oh, I've always been around someone uh, who's visually impaired. So, you know, I've had that kind of, just that experience and that background, which I think helps me when I interact with other people. Oh, okay. That's a really unique experience for sure. Uh, and I've looked up a lot of studies, I guess, and done a lot of, a little bit of research into what we have. And they say that generally it happens during teenage years to like around 25, I think. Um, from what I've seen, it's, teens for men and then um, 20s for women for whatever reason oh okay well I think my eye doctor did mention how if since this is a maternal thing which is passed uh, down from the female uh, he did mention how in for maybe it's just specific towards my gene but uh, it's it manifests and it like actually um, becomes I guess not dormant like active in men so like actually men become blind but women don't become blind they're the carriers so they don't really exhibit symptoms of it rather they pass it on uh what's your take on this or what research have you seen on this so my take is that since my mom has this condition and has the the vision loss symptom i think um you know, anybody can get it at any time. I think that it probably skips generations in terms of who it affects more than others um, because there's, it's very common for people like us to have no trace of this in our family history. And so I think it can happen to um, anybody who that, and it's just like a, however the dice rolls kind of thing. And um, I, you know, I've also seen the thing about how it's passed down from the mom. So, um, I mean, who knows? No one knows much about this. And there's, 
don't know, I feel like there's so many things that people don't know about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a cure yet out there. Uh, I mean, they're doing a little bit of research, but I don't think it's on top of their priority at the moment. Uh, switching back, how would you say that your eye condition has uh, affected your studies? Oh, I would say significantly affected my studies. Um, full disclosure, math and science and all that is definitely easier with vision. <laughs> um, no doubt about it. And um, that that doesn't mean that it's impossible. You know, like I've taken Calc 1 and now Calc 2. Like I can, like I can do it. It's just um, a little more challenging. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely changed the way I have to do things. I think you might be able to also kind of talk about that too, or if not, if you've talked about that at all in other episodes or anything like that. So it's, it's a lot of, you know, finding different ways of doing things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, since uh, I'm in architecture in general, that field is uh, extremely visual. I would say there is a certain level of uh, grit you have to have. Uh, you just have to, uh, I guess bear through it but sometimes it's like way too much and maybe that's when uh you understand that maybe it's not it's probably not the best fit it's not that and it's not because that you can't do it it's just a matter of probably you're not the best fit in that you know right yeah so at the moment i would say that yeah my vision has affected in a lot of aspects uh especially when uh, i use certain programs uh, like Rhino for architecture, like or Photoshop. Photoshop is extremely visual, so you have to click on buttons. I mean, there are short hotkeys to get get to certain tools, but um, like in general, Photoshop is extremely visual in that manner. So it, I would say at the end of the day, it's not a matter of we can't do it or not. It's just a matter of like, do you want to spend that amount of time? And then off, often, in many cases that you get frustrated after a really long period of time trying to tackle something that might seem extremely simple to other people. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, it really is. It, but it's kind of like anyone else, you know, do you want to do this or not? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, there is a certain level of motivation too, right? I guess we can talk about something more fun then. So what are some of your hobbies? So when I'm not studying my butt off, I um, I play acoustic guitar. I obviously, like I said earlier, I uh, run. Um, I'm on the track team at Penn State Harrisburg. Um, and uh, I like, you know, talking to my friends, uh, you know, because it's hard to meet people now because of COVID and that kind of thing. But that's, I think that's changing soon. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, most of it. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so you mentioned track. Uh, so what specifically do you run, or like what events do you attend? I guess participate. Yes. So I um, do the fifteen hundred meter, and I'm um, I'm more of a long distance person. So I might do the five uh, k later this season or next season. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of like to do the those either like mid-range, long distance or long range of the distance races. 
Oh, uh, well, you see, I was, uh, when I was in track, I did more short distance runs because I was never a long distance runner. Uh, what is your mile time? I'm just interested. That is a really great question because with COVID, it's completely thrown off all athletes everywhere. Um, you know, I, I felt really good uh, at the start of my track season, um, senior year of high school. You know, I thought this is good. I'm going to, you know, going to do a lot better than last season. It's going to be great. And then, you know, everything got canceled. <laughs> so um, the last time that I was timed for the mile was in my track season of junior year of high school. So it's been a little while. And back then, my uh, PR personal record is five minutes and 45 seconds for the mile. Ah, uh, that is really fast. I can never run that fast. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I remember during, like when I really, really competed in terms of long distance, the cross country thing during eighth grade, I think I ran a, it was two miles, so it was like 14.30. So my mile time is not good <laughs> compared to yours. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're over here like as an athlete during uh, college and I'm over here. <laughs> so um, You're over there getting fat, right? <laughs> yeah, freshman no, 15, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so how, how do you train for track? Do you... Uh, what is the ratio, I guess, uh, in the gym versus like actually running on the track? Yeah, so we, we're usually on the track unless if it's raining. Um, so when we're on the track, I can uh, run around independently because I can see the contrast of the white lines and the like, you know, reddish or whatever the color of the track and is. And the orange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, like I can run around like that the only hard thing is i'm not really sure where this where to start and where to finish whenever there's certain workouts or when we have races because you know running in a you're running in a circle and it's just like when you do that everything kind of just seems the same and so yeah sometimes i run a little more than i'm supposed to because you're built different you want more than <laughs> you have to well i have a story where uh during ninth grade when i wasn't blind so I guess there's no excuse. Um, I, I was running the 100 meter dash. And basically, I, I guess I got confused where the starting, I mean, I knew where the, start, the starting line was, but I, I was kind of confused where the finishing line was because it was one of those tracks where um, they had the 110 line and they also had the 100 meter fi finishing line. So mm -hmm. uh, I think they were trying to use the 110 line because our starting line got pushed up a little bit more than usual. So I was thinking we're stopping at that 100 line, right? Because this is the 100 meter dash. So when I was running, uh, I did the dive, right? And then I guess I tripped and then I fell <laughs> and I got DQ'd and then finished the race. <laughs> I mean, that was not a good race for you. <laughs> no, it was not. Like my whole shoulder and my hip got scraped really bad, and everybody was giving me giving me the look. And I I just remember I was in shock, so I didn't really feel anything. Like I didn't feel pain from it. Mm -hmm. So it was uh yeah. But afterwards, like yeah. it's a lot of bandages. <laughs> That's all. I remember. You weren't even blind. That's the thing. <laughs> I know. I didn't have an excuse back then. <laughs> 
and then I, I, I think I was like towards the front of the pack before I did my whole uh, oopsie, you know, at the finish line. So uh, you, you also like music too. You said you mentioned uh, you uh, one of your hobbies is acoustic guitar, right? Yeah. So like I like I like to listen to mostly country music. Um, I'll listen to some other stuff too. Uh, but that's kind of like mostly what I listen to. And in terms of playing guitar, I like playing pop songs because they're easy to learn. Um, whether it's like stuff from like, not necessarily recently, like today, but even if it's like within the past, like five, 10 years or whatever, just like those songs are easy to remember or easy to play because of the song structure and that kind of thing. Um, I have not been playing guitar lately because of just there's a lot of work when it comes to calculus and physics. So <laughs> I've been kind of sidetracked with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it's something I can get more into um, and kind of hopefully in the future, spend more time focusing on myself because that, that can be hard sometimes in college. Mm-hmm. So I, I was wondering, like, how, how do you learn the guitar? Do you like, like, obviously I think there are the, what do you call those like bump? things like the long bump things on the guitar oh the frets yeah the frets so you can feel the frets and how do you uh, figure out the fingering then do you count the frets mm-hmm. yeah so yeah you can count all the frets and uh you always want to have your finger like in the like kind of in the middle of the it's hard to describe but like you're, you never want your finger on the fret mark but like kind of beside it but anyway i used to have guitar lessons when i was in 11th and 12th grade I stopped them since I've been going to college and uh, so basically uh, how I've learned then or how I learned then was um, you know my guitar teacher and I we would pick a song that we that I'd want to do and then we'd listen to the song and you know him and I would kind of like figure it out together it was a great way to kind of learn how to learn how to play by ear and that kind of thing Um, and just like I think it's a good skill to have for any anyone that's like playing guitar um, just to kind of be able to just, you know, play a song, pull out your guitar and figure it out. And so um, and then whenever like we have notes for each lesson, um, you know, we just do like audio recordings of like what we went over instead of like some people, they like, you know, handwrite on a piece of paper, like different um, like the different chords for like, let's say a verse of a song, if like you went over that during the lesson or something like that so um yeah it's definitely a lot more uh kind of just like get the feel of it you you listen to it you just like you don't have to look at the guitar because you're blind (laughs) like it also that also helps because like um my guitar teacher was telling me some people they you know they look at the guitar to look at where their fingers need to be but then they have a hard time of looking away and still being able to play so um, kind of cuts out a step in the process so it, I mean I wouldn't I'm not sure if it would make things easier or harder but um, it's definitely not it's not a bad thing to you know be blind to play a, play the guitar I think it's a great instrument for anybody oh yeah yeah uh, I guess I do have a goal of learning the guitar but uh, I played clarinet for a, a good while I would say uh, well, I, I really stopped doing band after 10th grade, but I think I was trying to figure out how to like read music 
after uh, Only Blind. It, it was like it was definitely hard because like for one i don't know braille and two like i, I mm-hmm. don't think it's like crucial at the moment to like actually spend time to do it so when i could like just blow up the screen and just be fine i guess but mm-hmm. the process of like having one measure at a time on your screen and then just slowly scrolling through it is definitely a pain but i've tried you know playing by ear and it's definitely really challenging it's a it's definitely a skill that you can get but a lot of time investment there for sure yeah and i mean it works better for some people than others to do it that way and um i played trumpet from fourth grade to ninth grade uh, in band but then when my vision loss happened i kind of was going through the similar process as you you know okay like how do I do this? Or do I want to do this? That kind of thing. So I, I decided I wanted to switch, you know, to a different instrument. I mean, I, I know how to play the trumpet if I got my trumpet out today and just started, you know, doing things, but cause that's like something it, you know, learning it when you learn an instrument or like something like that, you learn it and it stays with you. So it's like, you know, learning how to tie your shoes. Like you, you don't forget how to tie your shoes cause you learned it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think I had another podcast guest, like she did trumpet throughout high school while she was mine, which is like really interesting. I, That's great. Yeah. yeah, like she did, I think she mentioned how like she would read Braille music, but are you like extremely proficient in Braille? So I've learned Braille and um, it only took me about a year to learn the symbols like you know the dot combination for this means this letter or means this contraction um but my fluency is not the best i'm at like i don't know 40 words per minute which is considered extremely slow but not actually terrible considering that i've only known how to read braille for about three or four years yeah that's 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 amazing because i've tried to like pick up braille and it's really tough um they say that Braille is actually a system where it might be actually easier compared to other languages like French, for example. Uh, but to me, I, I guess like my, my fingers get way too sensitive after touching those bumps for like two hours, three hours. My brain just gets Oh, fried. you can't do it for two or three hours because it just gets boring after that long. I mean... It might be boring for you, but like for me, like my fingers get so sensitive, like the haptic feedback, man, it's just insane. Like your brain is just like, please, <laughs> it's too sensitive. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree that the more you do it, like the even the longer you do it or the more you do it, the better it gets. I was just saying that like for me, I can't sit down for three hours and read a Braille book. Yeah, so um, it's your first podcast, right? Right. Yeah, this is my first. Oh, that's exciting. Well, do you uh, use the guitar to woo any girls? Um, not exactly, no, but it does help knowing that, like, if someone knows that you play an instrument, that helps, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, have, have you had any experiences where it actually worked? So are you asking me if knowing how to play guitar helps get girls? Yeah. I mean... I don't know, like, I mean, yeah, like it does, but like knowing like an instrument is like, 
kind of a cool thing i think for like like you don't have to know guitar and be like oh my god he's so cute like you can it can be like other instruments maybe not clarinet i i mean sorry no offense but like <laughs> clarinet's not that sexy it's not it's like well you know that the most famous person that you can think of that plays the clarinet is squid squidward it's not cool. <laughs> yeah yes you don't want to be you don't want to be like squidward because he's always like and i hate all of you exactly man you know like it wasn't i, I think if i remember correctly like the soundtrack to uh squidward playing the clarinet is actually it came from an oboe like not actually clarinet which is like does not make sense well i think they did that because they wanted like they wanted it to like sound they wanted squid to sound awful and so i guess that means that oboes are awful instruments i don't know this is i think i think we just discovered something the real the real uh the real reasons behind why squidward plays the clarinet (laughs) i mean oboe definitely sounds more nasal compared to clarinet um, I mean, I love his laugh though, but I definitely, in a way, don't you think it's like kind of cliche to assume that people who play guitar like pull more girls? I mean, to an extent, yeah, but like. But it, it, it has worked for you. Uh, I would say somewhat. I, I think there's other things about me that make me awesome, but. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, like, obviously, um, I've seen uh, some stuff, not some stuff, but like things that have happened to me. Like sometimes, like some people, they're like interested in you because, like in a way, you're you're kind of different, right? Um, you have this uh blind thing going on, so in a way, you're kind of mysterious, and it's kind of interesting for them at least to peel back the the layers in a way. So do you do you have that happening? So I mean. In high school, to an extent, yes, but um, my girlfriend, she is blind, um, so, like, you know, she's really into music and that kind of thing, so just word of advice, like, if you play a girl a song on the guitar, like, they think the world of that, so. I mean, it's like, in a way, you're putting in effort, like, you, you put in effort to learn a song, so, in a way, I think they see you uh, actually caring like you're actually investing in like some time to learning to learn the song and actually having the guts to actually executing it in front of them which in a way i think it it shows a lot of character yeah i mean another thing about relationships you gotta have guts if you want to get anywhere like it, it only starts if you like started yeah um but there is uh, certainly people out there that, you know, I don't know, like, like before this, like, obviously before I became blind, I was uh, very introverted. But uh, definitely after being blind, like, you do see characters out there that are maybe interested in you just to, like, I want to say, like, understand you more, but, like, just interested in the... Uh, I want to say, I don't have a good word to describe. Like the the whole facade that you have, it's not like something that you put up. I'm not saying that we're fake. I'm saying like our condition in a way indirectly puts up a facade where it seems really interesting to people who aren't blind, you know? 
Yeah, and depending on the person, they can either like, you know, be like, "Oh, that's cool" or whatever, or they can just be like, "Sorry for you." It could go either way. Yeah, definitely. Have you had any experience with like, you know, you you mentioned during high school, so like, how was that like? Have do did you have to like cut them off because like it got way too toxic, um, or like maybe just it got to a certain point where they're just like, oh well. I guess, like, you know, it is not something that, you know, I mean, they just, like, I guess, milked all of it out. So now they're not interested in you, like, well, that that was fake. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say that I've had any bad experiences. Like, I've talked to people, but, like, didn't necessarily get too far in high school. So, um, like, I, I don't think that there's any, uh, like, I think people have good in, good intentions and they, like, you know, they, it's like, it doesn't, whether it's, you know, guy, girl, whatever, like anybody, like they just want to like get to know you because like you're blind and like that's kind of different. So like, I don't think there's any like problem with that at all. Yeah, you, you uh, did mention a really good point there. But like, there is a certain thing where uh, maybe they're like letting you on. And so like, it, it might feel fake afterwards, you know? Um. No, I th- I mean, it's it's something that I struggled with in high school, like knowing like okay, are they acting nice because I'm blind, or are they acting nice for because they're just a nice person, or what? So, um, yeah, there's it's uh, hard to kind of figure that out. But I mean, I'm not in high school anymore, so I don't have to worry about high school. Yeah, how how problem. how has that perspective changed? Like you know, trying to understand people if they were being intentionally nice to you because you were blind or they were actually genuinely nice to you like how were you able to distinguish that as you have I guess matured more with condition or blindness yeah that is a great question because um it's still a work in progress and um you know you just it's you can't really figure out okay like I, I i don't know i'm just not one of those types of people that's like okay what is this person's motive like i don't think that way i like to just like you know if somebody talks to me i'll talk to them but and then see what happens from there yeah it's uh definitely really toxic uh if you were to internalize a lot of ill thoughts i guess or just a better phrase to describe this as like judging books by by its cover um Mm -hmm. you know like i i certainly do get a lot of assumptions wrong um so yeah you did mention a good point there where you have to uh i guess after talking to them then you kind of sort of know i mean i don't even think like after one conversation that you completely know all their intentions right right yeah it's not like we're inherently connected in somehow but hey that's a super deep topic <laughs> like trying to figure out if we're like this is more philosophical somehow. now than anything <laughs> i know i know yeah I mean, hey do you have a girlfriend me no hey it's okay no. you know th- things happen in time it's just because you're 18 or whatever doesn't mean that you have to have a girlfriend yeah i just feel like uh in terms of priorities and like in a way like to me, I feel like that's a cop-out answer saying, like, 
oh, it's just like priorities. You know, mm-hmm. I just got to focus on uh, stuff that really matter right now. Trying like to your podcast. My... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, for sure, man. Um, trying to, uh, you know, actually getting my feet wet or getting my feet under me. Uh, the school-wise, like, yeah, like, you know, architecture field in general is kind of tough. Uh, so really, uh, you know, setting my priorities straight is definitely a huge thing that I have to do before, like, I jump to other things, you know? Because, like, wouldn't you say, like, relationships, like, it's a lot of time investment there, too? I mean, there is a time investment and, you know, sometimes I'll be talking with my girlfriend on FaceTime for, like, three hours or something from, like, you know, 11 p.m. to, like, 2, 2 a.m. or something. But, like, you know, it to me, like, it's worth it. I'm happy. I like what I'm doing right now. Um, I think I can balance things somewhat decently. Um, and so, like, I mean, it's all about, like, what – like you said, your priorities. And for the longest time, I thought, you know what, all I, I have to focus on school and, you know, like the extracurricular stuff, like it's got to be all me, that's it, just school and all that stuff relating to school, nothing else. And, uh, you know, I decided like, all right, well, I mean, yeah, like I'm still busy. I'm always going to be busy. So, I mean, it's all about what you want to do and when you want to do it. Exactly, man. Like, uh definitely like trying to force yourself into something is definitely not the way to go when you say that like even though like we did mention how like you, you did mention how like going about these places navigating these deep waters certainly takes a lot of guts to do so like a lot of self-initiation but um it's uh definitely forcing yourself into these situations are not ideal yeah, I mean, you have to, like, you have to be like, okay, do I want to do this or not? Like, that that's really what it comes down to with anything. Like, if you want to try something new, like, like we talked about learning an instrument, like, it's okay, do I want to do this or not? Or if it's like this relationship topic, which has <laughs> gone in quite the direction, but, you know, it's all about if you want to do it or not. So, yeah. Exactly, man. Um, it's a... Uh... Well, here's another question. Um, do you think, do you feel like as a blind person that you kind of have to date another blind person where they like look past your like condition or uh, it really goes like, it doesn't really matter. Like at the end of the day, like if you find like someone that really can like look past it, it's like, that's what it matters, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I think that it can go either way. Um, I know some, some blind people are like, oh yeah, you like blind people can only date blind people. I don't think so. I mean, my mom, you know, met my dad, I mean, they're divorced now, but that's a whole other story. But at at a certain point in time, you know, it worked out that, you know, she had her vision loss and he's sighted. So like it can, I mean, it can work and it can work better than my parents' relationship, I think. Um, so it's a, it's, I mean, I don't personally, for me, I don't know if I have a preference yet or not. Um, You know, I'm still young. I'm 18. You know, I can figure that out along the way. If I like certain things compared to other things, it's just all part of, you know, 
what you kind of look for in other people. But um, I would say for blind people, they, you know, you shouldn't limit yourself to like a certain category, whether that's blind or not blind or anything else. Um, that kind of goes for anybody too. Um, and it's, I mean, it all comes down to like, okay, like, do you like, get along with that person? And right now I do. And, uh, I, I like where I'm at. So I don't really care right now if, if she's blind or not. Well, that's, uh, that's really good for you. And you're in a, it seems like you're in a really good place, uh, academically, uh, in terms of like your, your relationship and I guess overall, that's, that's really good to hear. You did mention how like, um, uh, how you can't really anticipate all the steps of life, I guess. Uh, I remember when I was uh, applying for college admissions, I like doing my college applications. I was really, really thinking about like, oh, do I really want to do architecture? You know, is it like a really viable field for me? Like considering all the factors that are in, in all the cards in life for me. And, you know, just talking to a person, he he was like a college advisor and he told me that, you know, you can't really anticipate everything in life. I mean, at the end of the day, if you really like really planned out everything you really want to do in life and follow it, follow it to a T, then is that life, you know, yeah. are you actually living life? And he's like, no, I don't think so. So like what makes life interesting is you make some mistakes along the way. Maybe you switch, you pivot but you're always going towards a certain destination, right? Yeah, and um, about the college thing, like, you know, for me, at first, you know, I I based my decisions on where to apply and where to go based on my major, and then, of course, I looked at other things. Um, but my first, my first uh, kind of topic of, like, okay, how to narrow it down was is it good for my major? And that was engineering. But now that I changed to business, um, you know, thankfully Penn State is a great school for basically anything overall. Um, you know, it's a well-known school, a lot of alumni, great network, other uh, pros to going to Penn State. So for me, even though that I went to Penn State for engineering, like I'm still in a good place for, you know, what I want to do. Um, now that I changed my major. So uh, it's like I told the, uh, the director of the career services office when I had a meeting about how I want to change my major and you know, talk about different career options. It's what I, all I said was, you never know where you're going to go. And that's completely true. And, and yeah, like you, you really, really can't anticipate life. It's, uh, I mean, if you really did, you're not living life, I guess. Uh, I guess that's one thing to take away from this podcast. Um, all right. I guess uh, we're nearing our end of our time. It was great having you, Nick, on a, on my podcast. and It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. That's a wrap.